Welcome to Food Navigator USA Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After taking a slight hit in 2017 compared to 2016, consumer satisfaction with food and beverage industries rebounded in 2018 as companies delivered innovative products that both surprised and delighted consumers, and also met their needs for healthy options. According to the American Customer Satisfaction Index's Non-Durable Products Report, released at the end of last year, customer satisfaction with grocery food, and in particular packaged products, climbed 1.2 points to 82 in 2018. Now, while it might not sound like a big jump or a particularly high score, given that the scale ranges from 0 to 100, it is a notable achievement because the highest score ACSI gave any of the 46 industries or 10 economic sectors it rated was only an 85. Now, that's based on about 250,000 customer interviews. And for those of you who are curious, the winner of the highest score was breweries. So the report reveals that innovation, especially around healthy options, was a major driver in the uptick. But it also cautions that price increases that often come along with new products and innovations can take a toll down the road when the novelty wears off unless companies leverage additional strategies to keep customers satisfied. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, the Managing Director of the ACSI, David Van Amberg, shares several strategies for ensuring consumer satisfaction and points out a few missteps to avoid. One of the most effective strategies that food and beverage industries have embraced in recent years, he says, is to offer products that can be personalized or tailored to meet consumer-specific needs. But based on the revolving door of extensions that offer little more than a new flavor or pack size or shape, a key element of success for this strategy is to ensure that each new launch is also high quality, which Van Amberg explains means simultaneously delivering reliability. Quality is really a function of two um, critical components uh, as we measure it in ACSI. One is what we call customization or uh, um, personal preference. It's the ability of a manufacturer to provide the range of products that uh, appeal to to tastes, to different personal tastes. So it's all the different varieties of Campbell's soup, all the different varieties of Coca-Cola or Pepsi, uh, and which ones can you get in diet, and can you get that one cherry flavored, and so on. So all of the different things that go into making up what we call product customization or personal fit, the ability to fit or meet individual personal needs. That's one key element of, of quality. You've got to be able to make the product and have people be excited about it. But it's not enough just to make it if it breaks all the time or if it doesn't taste like it's expected to and so on, uh, you've still lost the battle. So the other critical element of quality is what we call reliability. How often do things go wrong? 
uh, and, and that could cover everything from taste to the product is defective, whatever the case may be, it's dissatisfaction with the product in relation to um, its quality and quality understood as I expected to get this product in this particular way and it deviated from that in some fashion. It didn't taste like I wanted it to taste. Uh, it wasn't right somehow. The product was damaged, whatever the case may be. So those two elements together, really, the customization of the product and the reliability of the product, that's what consumers are looking for when they buy their canned goods, when they buy their frozen food and, and so on. Um, in terms of rating, you know, how, how high is the quality of this? How well, how satisfied am I? In recent years, the chocolate industry has excelled at balancing personalization and reliability to offer high quality products that satisfy consumers in a way that can overcome other threatening macro trends, such as sugar reduction. For example, Van Amberg explains Hershey's leads the food industry in the ACSI report, with a score of 86, which is a full two points ahead of its closest confection competitor, Mars, which clocked in at 84 this year. Innovation is key. You've got Hershey coming out with its gold bar. It's not for everybody, but it's for the people who are interested in that type of flavor. M&Ms come in probably every color you could imagine. I know they come in every school color so that you can make your school colors with them now. Um, and, and again, that's all about innovation, right? As long as the M&M tastes exactly the same, regardless of what color it is, that there's just a certain uh, excitement factor or coolness factor to being able to have uh, uh, that type of, of approach. And every holiday now has its own uh, you know, set of colors or set of packaging. Hershey Kisses come out in a variety of uh, flavors. Uh, I actually just saw them at Christmas. Now you can get the candy canes filled with ones that are mint or ones that taste like marshmallows or one that tastes like you know, all the different Christmas flavors. Before that would be the Halloween-themed uh, approach to it. So candy makers have been very good at having that vast range of uh, uh, color, package, taste, whatever the case may be that appeals to a broad base of consumers, and then at the same time, um, it keeps the quality in terms of reliability very high. The M&Ms are perfect every time. The M&Ms taste the same every time. The Hershey bar tastes the same every time. Um, you know, no, no sacrificing of that fundamental deliver the product as close to perfection as possible every time in order to you know, serve some other purpose in terms of creating a, a wider array of, of customization. So candy makers in general have been very, very, uh, very, very good at that. The soft drink industry historically has excelled at satisfying consumers in large part because it's leaned heavily on innovation as a strategy. Players in this space have expanded their portfolios with so many options that customers can continue to tailor their purchase to meet their evolving desires. However, as illustrated by a 2.4 drop in customer satisfaction with soft drinks in the ACSI 2018 report, innovation for innovation's sake will not be as successful unless it meets specific consumer needs. Indeed, Van Amberg notes that this is a guiding factor in the category's most recent successful pivot. Soft drink industry 
was one of the higher performing industries in the ACSI uh, year in year out, and was one, you know one of those industries that I mentioned previously that would be most likely to score around an 85, 86, uh, something like that, and that has um, dipped a bit in recent years. Um, partly in, well, certainly mostly in line with the the trending away from soft drinks to to healthier beverages, and this is where uh, innovation in in this industry has been both helpful and detrimental in, in a sense. Um, helpful in the sense that as Coke and Pepsi and others pivot more towards their Aquafina brands or their Dasani brands or uh, health drinks, other kinds of you know teas, things that are uh, uh, not sweet um, and and healthier. That has appeal, but uh, an earlier pivot from sugar drinks to diet drinks was while it was initially successful. Now you get the backlash against diet drinks, right? This has been a more recent thing where people say you shouldn't even drink the diet pops because all the sodium and um, the artificial sweetener and so on and what it can do to your stomach. So it's it's an industry that innovated once, said, oh, everything's about diet. Let's make sure we have every single flavor that we make in a, in a diet version. So now now people are backlashing against that a bit. So let's go in yet another direction and go more towards healthier drinks, drinks that just aren't sweetened at all, uh, all natural ingredients, a lot with tea, various kinds of other ingredients. So uh, it's been an interesting industry that has to keep meeting that challenge of, um, I would say as much if not more so than other food-based industries, the 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 reaction that consumers have to the products in terms of their healthiness um, and and how to innovate and how to keep up with personal tastes when it comes to uh, people uh, drinking these products and thinking about their health as they're doing so. According to ACSI, the poster child for the most recent renovation of the non-alcoholic beverage sector is Keurig Dr Pepper which saw a 2.4% boost in consumer satisfaction to 84. This can be attributed in part to Dr. Pepper Snapple's merger with Keurig Green Mountain in July to form a new entity, which then expanded its healthy beverage portfolio with the acquisition of Core Nutrition. Coca-Cola and PepsiCo both have been a little slower off the mark for this latest round of innovation, and as a result, they each saw their satisfaction scores plummet. Coca-Cola fell 5% to 81, and PepsiCo fell 6% to 80 in 2018 compared to 2017. PepsiCo's acquisition of the sparkling water from SodaStream and Coca-Cola's impending move into the coffee market, however, could help each recoup some of their losses in the coming years, ACSI predicts. Another successful strategy, as illustrated by Dole's dramatic 4% increase in satisfaction score to 85 and General Mills' 2% increase to 84, is to go where the consumer is. In this case, Van Amberg explains this means offering healthier and more better-for-you options that consumers crave. Here, I think, is a story of 
more emphasis on organic, more emphasis on healthy, um, Dole with its healthy snacks to go, uh, General Mills getting more into organic products. I think that, that the companies that have been doing more in that vein recently, again, uh, that speaks to this uh, concept of offering, going where consumer tastes are, right? Offering various kinds of product lines that will appeal to a broader base of consumers. Um, that is, is definitely showing up as a, as a winning formula. The companies that are doing that and doing it well uh, tend to be more successful. For Dole specifically, this meant launching a new line of snacks to go and redesigning salad packaging, while General Mills invested more heavily in organic and nostalgic products. Failures to follow the consumer to new spaces can also have damaging misstep, according to Van Amberg. He pointed to Kellogg's and Campbell's Soup's low scores of only 81 as an example. These are also a couple of companies, very different companies, one in the soup business, the other in the cereal business, that have been mired at the bottom for a long time in ACSI. It's not a, a new phenomenon. Cereal has been somewhat problematic, and I know Kellogg, and, and they're not alone in this, have been struggling with... Um, how to get people to eat cereal. Cereal has been not dying out as a breakfast food, but definitely uh, uh, struggling somewhat compared to certainly when I was a kid, but even you know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, people just don't eat cereal for breakfast like they used to. So that's problematic for them. And of course, the one demographic that does is constantly growing up, right? Kids, are, they're, they're still pitching the Frosted Flakes and the various kinds of um, kid cereals uh, pretty successfully, but that has a limited appeal. You cycle through each generation, basically. It's hard to grow that. Uh, and then beyond that, we're just not seeing that have the traction, the cereal eating having the traction that it that it used to. Uh, and then you get your forays into various kinds of organic, trying to make healthier cereals and so on, but that hasn't seemed to really latch on in the way it has in some other uh, food industries. Quite, quite the same either. For smaller brands to satisfy consumers, they need to pursue a strategy of either delivering high quality or price-based value, according to Van Amberg. Small manufacturers uh, kind of fall into two buckets, which unfortunately are kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Smaller manufacturers would include literally any other brand that isn't on this list of measured companies. So it is everything from your smaller luxury type brands, brands that we would associate as higher priced, higher quality types of brands, and then also uh, off-brands. So, you know, the other end of the spectrum, your, your store brands and uh, uh, um, it could be like a private selection with Kroger, but it could even just be a, you know, Spartan store or whatever the case may be, some kind of a store brand, which is not usually associated with the higher quality or luxury type of, of moniker. So it's kind of a combination of both, but they both win for different reasons, right? The, the, the luxury brands, smaller niche brands that you pay more for, um, are, are considered to be higher quality and therefore even though you're paying more for them, they're more satisfying. More satisfying experience overall because the quality really 
is what predominates. For the lower cost brands, the off brands, the non-name brands, the appeal is the value. And that's still satisfying. You're not shopping those brands for the same reason you're shopping the luxury brands. You're shopping those because uh, they're very low priced compared to some of the other brands, the named brands. Um, and, and so both kind of are more satisfying, if you will, but for different reasons. Um, one is, is being sold on price and the other is essentially appealing to quality. As illustrated by the report, no single strategy is a guarantee for satisfaction, but rather companies must balance multiple consumer demands and pull on different leverages at different points. They also need to be able to quickly pivot when those demands shift unexpectedly. Overall, though, the report shows that the food and beverage industries already manage this well, and as such have earned consistent high marks from shoppers. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week, and to make sure you do, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week. <music>